because without that belief that you deserve better, you're going to continue to engage in behaviors that reflect this belief. Hello, and welcome to the Evolving with Jessica podcast. My name is Jessica. I am an integrative nutrition health coach, a holistic skin healing guide, and certified life coach. In this podcast, we cover topics such as holistic health and wellness, nutrition, and spirituality. If you enjoy or gain any insight, please leave a review. This makes the show more searchable, which helps others find the information too. today's episode, I am joined by online health coach, Becca McIntosh. Becca helps people recover from dependency on cannabis to create their dream life and find their soul purpose. Some of the topics that we discuss include what you can do to quit smoking cannabis, the effects that weed has on relationships, life after weed addiction, how believing in a higher power impacts your entire life, the importance of getting out in nature, how to go about replacing unhealthy habits, and are other plant medicines addictive or safe? If you enjoy this episode, please like, subscribe, follow, leave a rating, review, wherever you're listening from. And to hear more from Becca, you'll be able to find her links in the description. Welcome to my friend, Becca, who is in Thailand right now. Becca, will you share with us who you are, what you do, and who do you help? Sure. Uh, My name is Becca. I am a uh, certified health coach, and I help people overcome their dependence on marijuana to find their sole purpose in life and kind of get their life moving forward. Marijuana. You heard that, right? That is an interesting niche. So tell me how you got started with that. Sure. I mean, it was kind of just like a light bulb moment for me. I was feeling a little bit lost. Um, I started my coaching business in the body image niche, which I was really passionate about. I was helping um, my clients kind of overcome their issues with their body image, food, exercise, and kind of building healthier relationships with themselves. Um, And I got to a point that I felt pretty healed in my own body image journey. And I just had this intuitive feeling that continuing to talk about that topic was kind of holding me back a little bit in my own journey. So because I had kind of lost the passion in that way, I felt like it was only right to change directions because I don't want to be serving people from that place. And so I was feeling a little bit lost. Um... And then I did an exercise that my mentors recommended to like write out your entire story. And I realized that my own struggle with marijuana addiction was a huge part of my story. Um, It, you know, it took over basically seven years of my life. And since it is kind of far in, in the past for me now, it feels like you know, that wasn't, um, since it's been a while since I overcame it myself, it just wasn't at the top of my mind. And so when I was writing my story out, it, it was this light bulb moment of realizing like, hold on, I went through this really, really difficult journey 
myself, I know that there are other people struggling with it because I've talked to friends about the exact same struggle and they're feeling the exact same things that I was feeling. And I feel like I'm in a really good position to help people overcome it because I overcame it myself. Mm. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that you yourself were either addicted or dependent on marijuana and you were able to overcome it. So how did you do, how did you do that? It was a lot of trial and error. Uh, I have tried or had tried to quit multiple times. I mean, I've tried everything. I've tried cold turkey. I've tried cutting back. I've tried, you know, making rules around when I was allowed to smoke and none of that worked long-term. I went to different therapists. None of them were really able to help um, because they weren't specifically trained in this area. I went to different support groups. Um, Those didn't really help because they weren't specific to marijuana dependence. And it was just kind of a culmination of events. I had, um, you know, a kind of a scare with my health. I was diagnosed with PCOS and um, eventually ended up having a a bit of a mental health crisis and needed to take time off of work um, at my job that I was at at the time. And I felt so lucky to be able to take that two months off of my work that I just said to myself, you know what, I'm not going to waste this time, you know, doing the same thing that I've been doing the last seven years that is keeping me stuck. It's finally time to make a change. And the biggest thing that I would say is that I just decided that I was worth more than that. I was worth more than keeping myself stuck and I didn't deserve to keep harming myself in that way. So it was a real big shift in my beliefs around um, my worthiness. Mm, Yes, I could see that. So it starts with a mental decision, really. Yeah, you got to make the choice. I mean, um, yeah, I I think that the, the outcome follows the choice. I don't think that basically it starts with making that choice and then aligning your actions with that choice that you've made. Mm, two questions actually first is why is it so difficult for some people to quit and others it's not and then um I guess we'll go with that question first and then I have a different one sure yeah I think that it all depends on the reason why you're using I mean there are certain people that are able to have a healthy relationship with cannabis and they don't feel like it controls them um, because they're not necessarily using it to numb anything or escape from anything. Whereas I think a lot of people are using cannabis to numb their emotions, escape from difficult feelings, um, kind of check out from the human experience. And sometimes that feels good in the short term, but in the long term, it, it doesn't serve you to keep constantly checking out of your life. And um, I find that presence is way more rewarding. So yeah, it just comes down to the intention behind uh, your use of cannabis. I did not even think about that. I did think about the fact that people use marijuana to numb and to escape. But from that angle, looking at it like someone no longer needs to numb or, or escape, so they've changed things in their life or their life has changed to an extent that they don't have anything to need to numb anymore. So that's a really great way to look at it. Um, right. And it's not, it's actually not necessarily that, you know, their life is 
perfect now and they don't feel the need to numb anymore. It's that it goes back to that choice again, that choice of being present and deciding that, okay, I'm going to stick around for the hard parts because it's so much more rewarding to get through that on my own. And also it makes the good parts of life so much better. So I really do believe that, you know, the outside circumstances don't necessarily need to change for you to make that choice. You just need to decide that you want to stick around to be present for those difficult moments. Mm -hmm. Do you find that because I see there's more and more marijuana shops popping up, like it's becoming legal in more and more places. So how does that affect it? Do you think that's making it harder for people to quit? Are more people starting to smoke? Or is it kind of one of those things where it's like, it's not as enticing because you can do it all the time. Like if you have, you know, something like as a security blanket, like, you know, it's there, so you can always get it, but so you don't necessarily need it. That's a good question. I think it depends on the purpose or sorry. I think it depends on the person. But I think that the legalization of cannabis, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm not advocating to make it illegal again, Um, but I think the legalization of cannabis definitely normalizes consistent use, and it can make people think that there really isn't a problem because, oh, if it's legal and it's available everywhere and everybody does it, then what's the problem? Um, at least that's how I was feeling when it it started to become legalized. I used that as an excuse to continue smoking because it like <clears throat> it validated that it was safe and everything was fine because if it's legal, like why would it be unsafe? Um, but again, it just comes back to the intention behind your use, and I just wasn't using it um, in a healthy recreational way. Yeah, I can relate with that. I, I myself had my own, you know, long-term relationship with marijuana. And for a while I, I was using it every single day. And, um, even to the point where I had one of like the oil vape pens that I would keep on. So yeah, I can definitely relate with that. And I think for me, a big part of it was replacing that habit with other habits, because from what mm-hmm. I've, from my learning and experience, you can't just drop a habit. Habits need to be replaced. So mm-hmm. what do you, or how do you go about recommending different habits to people to replace that? I think it all comes down to habits that cultivate presence because the big issue behind people that are using cannabis to numb and escape is that they are unable to be present with themselves so anything that makes you feel present with yourself that could be meditation painting drawing going on a walk listening to your favorite music there's no shortage of ways to replace that habit you just have to find what works for you And personally, um, I found meditation and journaling really, really helpful. Other people that doesn't really click with them very much and they prefer a long walk or yeah, just putting in their AirPods and listening to their favorite music. Um, But yeah, I think it, it just comes back to like choosing a habit that will continue to help you cultivate presence and allow you to sit with yourself rather than wanting to immediately escape every single difficult emotion that comes up. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. 
So why do your clients want to quit smoking? What are their main concerns if they continue? Yeah, so the biggest one I hear is that they feel stuck and they will not grow in life. They won't accomplish their goals because instead of taking steps to accomplish the things that they have in their mind that they want to do, they, you know, find themselves falling into this pattern of just sitting on the couch and smoking weed and watching TV. I was the exact same way. I mean, I was so stuck in my life the entire time that I was, you know, (laughs) smoking weed. And it was like the second I made that decision to quit, my entire life changed. Like everything about my life now is completely different to what my life was like those entire seven years that I was smoking. Oh my gosh. I remember I knew people that would smoke weed purposely before going to the gym. And I didn't understand that I was on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I smoked weed to relax or I knew how I was going to feel after it. And it wasn't a pre-workout for me. I was, I was more like you. I wasn't very, I wasn't showing up as my best self. That's for sure. And I Mm -hmm. actually recently learned that smoking weed ages your brain faster than alcohol and cigarettes. Mm, Yeah, I believe it. I mean, think of how like forgetful and just out of it you feel when you're high. You're just like in another dimension sometimes. So I would definitely believe that there's some long-term damage being caused there. Mm -hmm. Do you incorporate other aspects of health into your coaching? Are you mainly focused on the quitting of the smoking or do other things kind of tie in as far as like diet or like consuming alcohol? Um, What does that look like? Yeah, I definitely encourage my clients to not consume alcohol because if they are using weed to numb or distract themselves or check out from whatever they're feeling, it's pretty easy if you're still drinking alcohol to kind of just move that habit over to alcohol. We definitely don't want to do that. So I I definitely encourage um, any of my clients who come to me to quit smoking to also take a sobriety period from drinking. And as far as the other areas of health, it really is all intertwined. Um, I find that a lot of health issues, whether you're coaching on nutrition or fitness or body image or relationships, it really comes down to self-worth. And so when people have low self-worth, they engage in behaviors that reflect that, whether that's smoking weed all the time or maybe not making very nutritional choices in their diet or um, you know, not having a healthy relationship with their body or a healthy relationship with movement or having toxic patterns show up in relationships. It all comes down to your relationship with self. So there is kind of that like core thing at the middle of all health issues. And so, yeah, what we really work on is, is building that self-worth from the ground up so that you no longer want to engage in behaviors that align with someone that doesn't have high self-worth. Yes, that's it. That's it. Now that you're mentioning that, I think that's exactly what happened with me is you start doing all of these other healthy things in your life and the unhealthy ones fall away because it's like they no longer resonate with this person that you now are 
because they're not on the same frequency and they make you feel worse. So it's like you're vibrating here doing like, you know, maybe you're drinking a juice or, you know, you're going for a walk and, and then smoking weed, it just doesn't correlate and it doesn't make you feel mm -hmm. good anymore because it brings you down. And yeah, I could see how, how it could easily fall away if you're starting to implement these new healthy routines. Yeah, it's really about changing your identity, right? Changing who you identify as. You no longer identify as a person that harms themselves with this um, unhelpful behavior. Yeah, yeah, you deserve better, you deserve more. Mm -hmm. Because without that belief that you deserve better, you're gonna continue to engage in behaviors that reflect this belief that you don't deserve better. Mm -hmm. So, do you find that maybe a lot of relationships might end or change? Because I feel like a lot of people who do smoke, it's, it becomes kind of like a social thing or like a bonding thing with some people, with friends or, you know, even romantic partner, partners. Um, mm -hmm. So I wonder how that gets affected. Yeah, I think that's definitely a valid concern. I think what it comes down to is boundaries and people respecting your boundaries. So when I chose to quit smoking weed, I was in a relationship and I voiced this to my ex-partner, um, you know, and we used to smoke together. Like that was one of the things that we did to bond with each other. It was a big, big part of our relationship for about a year, I would say. And the reason why I was able to quit was because he was respectful of those boundaries. I asked him not to smoke around me. I asked him not to keep weed in the house. I asked him if he was going to smoke, if he could spend the night at, you know, whatever friend's house that he smoked at just in the beginning stages when I was really susceptible to kind of like falling back into that habit. And he respected that. And so that's the reason that that worked. If you have friends that you smoke with, and you are interested in quitting and you tell them that and you lay down those boundaries and they don't respect that, why would you want that person in your life anyway? If they're not respectful of your goals and they don't want you to do better in life, they don't want to lift you up and, and help you accomplish a goal that you've set for yourself, is that really someone that you would want in your circle anyway? So I don't necessarily think that you have to lose all of your smoking friends or you have to end relationships with everyone that you smoke with. I think that you just need to set clear boundaries with them and see the way that they react and then respond accordingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it also kind of opens your eyes to the relationships. It's like if your friendship is solely based on that, then did you really have a friendship? And it becomes mm -hmm. really clear very fast, like, oh, I no longer smoke weed. And then it's like, you don't hear from that person or you don't see that person because, and then you realize, oh, that's the only thing that brought us together. So then maybe this isn't a healthy relationship if our relationship is built on unhealthy habits. Exactly. And that's a scary realization to make. It feels um, a little bit earth shattering, especially if that's someone that you felt like you were close to. And then all of a sudden your relationship falls apart without this like external thing. Um, I think a lot of people go through that when they quit drinking as well. Um, they lose all of their friends that they used to drink with. And then they realize like, oh my God, I never had real friends to begin with. <laughs> so that's a really difficult thing. But then um, everyone that falls out of your life opens up a space for someone more aligned to come in. And I can definitely say that 
Um, you know, the people in my life now are incredible. I have amazing, amazing connections with wonderful people that I don't think I would be able to maintain if I was still kind of in the depths of my addiction because I was canceling on people all the time. And um, I really wasn't putting my full self into my relationships. And the second I decided to quit, it was like all this space opened up in my life for people to just kind of like flood towards me. And now I just have the most fulfilling, amazing friends in my life that I'm so grateful for. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You start attracting better when you kind of demand better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. More aligned for sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm going to ask something that at least one other person has to be wondering your ex-partner that you were smoking weed with, where is he now? (laughs) Like, is he still engaging in that activity or has he quit? Uh, So I'm not too sure. We don't, it's not like we're on bad terms. We're we're on good terms and um, we ended our relationship in a very loving way. So there's no bad blood between us, but I don't find it helpful to stay in super consistent contact with exes. So we're not in consistent contact, but I will say when we were in a relationship, he ended up quitting smoking as well, um, kind of following my decision. So for a while, he was still engaging while um, respecting my boundaries. So he was smoking at friends' houses and spending the night. But eventually he decided to quit as well because he kind of saw the positive effects that were happening in my life. And um, also I was the main person that he smoked with. So with that gone, it was kind of like he just kind of lost interest in it so I'm not sure where he's at now but I will say once I made that decision in our relationship um we we both kind of went down that route okay that's great so your decision helped impact someone else's life in a positive way it was like a ripple and also the reason why I even asked that question is because you just touched on how much better and brighter your world got once you had made the decision and you stopped and, you know, the old relationships kind of fell away and the new relationships were able to come in. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to kind of see if there's any contrast there. Like you stopped, this is what happened to you. Maybe someone else who was in your same shoes didn't stop. Like, where are they now? You know? So mm-hmm. your clients, like if they don't stop, if they don't follow like that inclination that they have, where let's like, they want to quit, but they need help. If they just, if they keep putting it off, what does their life look like in a year, two years, five years from now? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really helpful visualization to do because a lot of people don't necessarily realize the impact of continuing that habit that feels so hard to quit in the moment. But yeah, if you think of yourself one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, where do you want to be? And if you want to be somewhere different than where you are right now, then you need to do something different. You can't do the same things and end up in a different place. So your life is not going to change. Your life is not going to move towards this goalpost that you've set for yourself. If you keep engaging in the same harmful behaviors that are holding you back. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I want to sit on that for a second because that's so universal like whether we're talking about weed or anything else, you cannot continue to do the same things and expect to become this person that you want to be. 
because mm-hmm. that person does different things. Like, what did that person do to get there? Yeah, and that's the basic kind of structure of manifestation, right? Is kind of stepping into the person that holds the success that you want and embodying that every single day. So if the kind of person you want to be is someone that does not smoke weed, then you need to act like that person every single day. Hmm. It sounds like, okay, do you incorporate the universal laws or spirituality into your teachings? Yeah, I feel like I I would definitely say that I have a spiritual practice. Um, and it's interesting. I kind of am identifying more and more with the word God, which I never thought that I would say. Um, but that just feels real, really aligned to me. I do think that it's really helpful to have a connection to a higher power because in those moments that feel really, really difficult, I mean, that's the moment to give it up to that higher power, right? That's the moment to really like release and surrender. And I don't think you can do that without a steady connection with that higher power. So whatever you identify with, the universe, God, source, any form of being up there that, um, that feels aligned to you, I think that's a really, really huge tool in recovering from any sort of addiction. Mm. Yeah, I love how you just listed them all off because here's a little um, peek into my nighttime routine. It's all literally Mm -hmm. go down the list and I'll thank God, the universe, my spirit guides, my ancestors, my angels, my archangels. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just list them all because you know, I want to cover all my bases, like, thank you, thank you, thank you, and just show the gratitude to all of them, because we're definitely getting some support here, and if we ask for it, that's when the support really comes, so, yep, yeah, yeah, oh, I love that, I just got chills when you said we're definitely getting the support here, I just, I literally got chills, like, all over my arms, so, a hundred percent. I agree. I mean, there have just been so many moments in the last two years where I've just stopped and thought there's no way that something isn't orchestrating what's happening right now. Like there's no way that it's just a coincidence. So it really is profound. Once you open up that channel to receive that guidance, that's when it flows in. When you kind of like let go of that resistance, let go of that doubt, um, or skepticism, that's when the magic is just like free to flow through you. Mm -hmm. And we get freedom of choice here, but it's like, people don't realize that we have like that extra, it's like a game, you know, it's like, we're playing a game of life and we have these, um, tools that we get. So we get to call on our spirit guides or our angels or the universe, whoever to help us, but they, Mm -hmm. they're not allowed to interject or involve themselves unless we ask them so Mm -hmm. so true yeah a lot of people just need to know like hey you have this help if it's there for you if you want to call on it yeah and I think it's kind of hard to have that faith if you've never experienced it before but it's almost like the faith needs to come first Mm -hmm. and then you experience those things like it's not they're not going to prove themselves to you. They got nothing to prove, you know? So you need to have faith first and then those things start to flow in. Yeah. How would you say that someone could find or get that faith first? Hmm. It's a good question. For me personally, nature. 
I mean, nature is like the biggest what the fuck <laughs> kind of thing. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nature is like the biggest kind of what the fuck moment I have whenever I am really immersed in nature and just surrounded by trees and rivers and the sky is blue and there's birds chirping and there's beautiful flowers everywhere. I just look around and I'm like, what? This didn't just happen by itself. Like, this is crazy. So I think, um, and a lot of people can relate to that, whether they under, like, whether they've realized it on a conscious level or not, we always feel better after spending time in nature. And there's a reason for that because nature is so infused with source, creator, God, the universe. And that's why we feel that way after we spend that time in nature is because we are closer to that source. So I think that that's a really good way. Um, and then just like try and find small little moments of joy throughout the day. Um, whether it's like hearing a bird sing, it, it's like really those, those little tiny things that are not actually that small and you realize they're actually miracles. I feel like those are the moments that like really solidify that there's something bigger than all of us at play here. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I have to put my feet on the ground on the earth every day, or I feel it if I don't. And mm -hmm. here's another thing that just kind of unlocked something in my brain. When you said that maybe part of the uh, reason why people do feel so attached to marijuana is the connection to nature in a sense, because that's coming from nature. So maybe if they were to get out in nature more like you're saying and ground or get in the sunlight or you know just be physically touching nature then that could help replace the marijuana because that's also part of nature totally and I feel like that's a big justification why people use it or they feel like it's not harmful because it's not a pharmaceutical or it's not um, you know, anything like harder than marijuana or it's not alcohol. Like it's not, you know, kind of this toxic substance substance for you, even though there's, you know, research coming out that it is toxically affecting your brain. Um, yeah, I think that's a big reason that people justify using it and fair enough, if they can manage it and it's not negatively affecting their life, go for it. But specifically talking to people who are being negatively affected by their cannabis use, yeah, nature is definitely a good way to replace that connection. Mm -hmm. I was actually speaking to someone the other day about marijuana and how they're selling it now legally, like we were talking about. But a big part of that is, are, are they manipulating it then? Because the person that I was speaking to smoked it years and years and years ago. And they said that it didn't have as much THC in it then as it does now. So it's like, I don't even know if it's the same thing or if you can trust it because now it's being, you know, just mass produced and packaged to us with a, with a silver bow. And I don't know when something's done like that, it raises a red flag for me personally. And um, yeah, even with food, I'm the same way. So it's mm -hmm. like, I don't want anything I'm putting in my body to be manipulated like I, or to be manufactured or processed in any way. Mm, yeah, good point. I think that we could definitely 
full conspiracy theorist here, but I'll keep it at bay for now. <laughs> but yeah, I think anytime that the government is regulating something sure that can sound safe and secure. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's so much stronger these days than it was before. And I have to wonder why that is. Like I've talked to people who smoked in the seventies and the eighties. And I mean, the THC content back there or back then was like 10%, maybe 15%. I mean, even that was probably high. And now you're looking at like 30% THC strains. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Like I'm here in Thailand and um, a couple months ago, I went on a group trip here in Thailand and there were several people smoking weed because it's just been illegalized. I don't remember when, but it's just recently been legalized here in Thailand. And so a lot of people on the group trip were smoking and they were saying that like they were not having a good time because it was so strong and it was just kind of like knocking them out. Um, and yeah, I just have to wonder, like, is it safer being regulated by the government or are they spraying it with chemicals? And maybe was it safer to just like get their friend who was growing it in its cupboard or, <laughs> you know, like that does raise a red flag for me as well. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Um, how do you feel about other plant medicines like mushrooms, ayahuasca, um, things like that? Love them. <laughs> I think that um, I've never tried ayahuasca. Um, I have done mushrooms a number of times. And for me personally, I don't, I've never had a problematic relationship with mushrooms. I've never felt addicted to them. I've never felt like I need them to feel joy or anything like that. Um, it's funny because I was just thinking about this this morning, how psychedelics can be kind of described as almost like a key that unlocks a door within your mind that it doesn't have to be opened with psychedelics, right? It can be opened with breath work. Um, there's certain breath works that are like, take you to a crazy place. <laughs> um, meditation, there's so many different ways to open that door, but um, psychedelics are one way to open those doors that have been closed in your mind. And every time that I've done mushrooms, my worldview has been expanded. I've come out of it a better person. I've come out of it more compassionate, loving, open-hearted. Um, I've, I have had one difficult experience, but I wouldn't even say that it was a bad trip. I think that maybe other people would categorize it as a bad trip, but I took the opportunity because I've been sober from weed for so long. And now that now I feel comfortable being present in my difficult emotions, it was easier for me to sit with those difficult emotions and use them as a learning experience rather than kind of let my mind go down this dark hole of like, oh my God, I'm having a bad time. So I think even when you feel those difficult things on plant medicines, they can be so enlightening and illuminating and they can be used for so much good that I'm all for plant medicine use as long as it's not being abused. Mm. Yeah, I, I think microdosing can be very beneficial for people who are trying to get off of other things that are not serving mm. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've not, I don't have experience with microdosing myself, but I know that a lot of people are um, kind of going down that path right now and it's really helping them. Yeah, I think, I think I've seen the same out there. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to share? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just a really important conversation to start having because 
I'm not aware of any other big platforms that are talking about this, but I am aware that people are struggling. I've had several people come to me and, um, you know, express how much they're struggling with their relationship with weed. And every time I tell someone what I do, they know someone or they know someone who knows someone who's struggling. So this really is like a quiet struggle that's happening. So I, I really appreciate you giving me the platform to kind of shine some light on it because I think it's really, really important. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. I think it's commendable because like you said, not a lot of people are. And I think more and more people are struggling out there because of it being legal. And yeah, you don't really hear of people that are that are doing what you're doing, offering help. And so I think it's really great that that you're following your intuition and doing this to help other people. It feels really fulfilling and aligned with my soul. And yeah, I just, I feel like ever since getting sober, I have such a deeper connection with my intuition and I'm able to listen to it now. So I had this intuitive feeling to go down this path and I'm really glad that I did because it's so, so rewarding to help people overcome such a difficult struggle. Mm, Yeah. Where can people find you? So I am on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at I am Becca McIntosh. My last name is M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H. And yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for coming on. And if you do want to hear more from Becca, check out the description for links and her bio. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. That concludes this episode. If this resonated with you, please give it a rating and review. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Links are in the show notes. I sincerely thank you for your time and your presence.